In the Pits is partnered with Compete. Compete is a Texas-based brand by Jell Stewart of professional team AC Diesel that provides custom jerseys, pants, headbands, straps, tech shirts, and any other soft goods to help individuals and teams compete at the highest level. Support Texas Paintball and message Compete on Facebook or Instagram and mention In the Pits podcast for 10% off your entire order. In the Pits is partnered with Get That Shot. Get That Shot now offers first-in-line photo and video editing, 20% off Get That Shot merch, and 20% off prints to all teams that wear the Get That Shot logo on their jersey. Message Get That underscore Shot on Facebook or Instagram to become a Get That Shot program team. In the Pits is partnered with Paintball Kumite. Paintball Kumite is a program designed by Colt Roberts of professional team San Antonio X-Factor to take paintball players of all ages, experience levels, and skill groups and mold them into champions. The program breaks the game down into small, easy-to-learn sessions designed to help you master the fundamentals so that you can elevate your game. Newcomers to the program get a free one-hour introductory class when mentioning In the Pits. To sign up for a class, message at paintballkumite on Instagram. Welcome everyone to episode 17 of In the Pits Paintball Podcast. This podcast is focused on everything that has to do with the paintball scene here in Texas, from professional players and teams to new divisional programs, local tournament series, field owners, Texas-based brands, even photographers and videographers. Every week we have a short and sweet uh, episode with a new topic and a new special guest. I'm Christian Smith. I'm a player for the Texas Titans. and this episode, we're going in the pits with Dylan Strickland. He's the owner and also a player for the Texas Titans. Dylan, how are you doing this evening? Hey, doing well. Happy to be here. Hell yeah, man. This has been a yep. very, very requested episode. We had to we had awesome. to keep everybody waiting a little bit for this one, but now I think it's finally time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. glad to be here. When yeah, we heard right. what you were doing, we were all pretty excited. And I know uh some sometimes you were asking me if I would get on and I was kind of hesitant. But yeah, man, it's really gone off. It's exciting to be here and talk and see what everyone in Texas has got to say. So Oh yeah. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about for sure especially after this past weekend. So Dylan, let's yep. actually start with this past weekend. Uh, Titans sure. just earned a series win in the USXBL uh, D5 South Central Series and in uh, D4 in the Gulf Coast Series. So what does that mean to you personally? Yeah, so I mean, personally, it definitely means that what we set out to do is it's working. Um, you know, there's a lot to be changed in terms of like little tweaks and whatnot, but as far as the general plan and formula, I think that what we figured out is working. Um, you know, it's just, it's all about like, you know, producing results, minimizing churn with the players and just kind of keeping everyone happy and excited to be out there together. So uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun and uh, we've definitely, it's been a, a learning experience for sure for both myself and the players. And uh, yeah, been really, really happy to uh, to be able to make it to the big stage like that and get to a point where, you know, consistency has been key. I think, you know, Bonner kind of nailed it on his interview with you, you know, at the end of the day, wins can happen um, you know, for, for luck or because you're, you're dominant or one reason or the other, but uh, consistency, consistency is key. And that's what we've always set out, you know, to do. And I feel like year one, we did a good job of it. And I feel like year two, obviously we, we cashed in on that. So feels good. Yeah, definitely consistent this year. Uh, uh, if anybody saw my post that I made on my personal Facebook page, uh, our D4 line, they were one of four teams to be consistently uh, 
making the playoffs at all four events this year in the main series. And then our D5 line was the only team to be or to have a top four finish in every event. So yeah, exactly. Just incredibly consistent from all of these guys. Uh, super proud of them. So yeah, we are. So yeah. So yeah, Dylan. Uh, so kind of going way back now, now that we've touched on this past weekend. Uh, so for those listening that maybe don't know about you personally, uh, how long have you been involved in the Texas paintball scene? Yeah. So I actually got in when I was about 10 years old. Um, my, uh, my dad, uh, he had actually friends at work who they all bought guns and he wanted to buy a gun. So he did. And then obviously I got to see it and I was very excited. Um, his kind of deal with me is if I would go run around the backyard and get shot a couple of times so he could practice his aim. And if I could handle it, I'd get a gun. And so the next thing I know, Christmas comes around, I have a Titman 98 and uh, me and my dad are spending a lot of time in the woods um, at, at Crossfire Paintball. And uh, I remember those waivers saying you had to be 12 years old and there's my 10 year old self looking at my dad, who's, you know, very honest, upstanding man saying, okay, this is it. <laughs> We're putting you in as 12, bud and going out there and kicking ass and, you know, next thing I know, uh, it's uh, it's probably 2003, 2004. Um, I began really getting into tournament paintball scene after about two years. I was about um, 12, 13 years old and um, actually won my first tournament I ever played. I don't remember exactly the lineup and who all it was with. I assume it was some locals from Crossfire, but we did well. And I think like anyone who can kind of attest to it, you know, you kind of do well in your first season playing tournament paintball. It's a great way of getting hooked and uh i was no exception so kind of playing that event and um you know really getting going with the tournament side of things it just it was very exciting and then uh one thing led to the next and tournaments became a big part of my life and just that entire outlook and and, and way of life so by the time i was 14 15 i was full-fledged in the tournament scene i had jumped from uh a couple of teams and um, ended up in a position where I was playing, um, you know, basically two to three times a week minimum and ended up on a team that, you know, kind of found themselves in a position where we were looking at X Factor as sort of being our our main practice team or the guys that we were going out with the most focus of playing against. And we would go out there sometimes Wednesdays, Saturdays and Sundays as young men and you know, get a kick it with them and play against them. And, you know, when I say kick it, I really do mean like get kicked by them. That's probably the better way to put it. Cause that's what was going on, but it taught you discipline. It taught you a lot of lessons on the field and, um, you know, really taught you to be fast and just think fast. So I loved it. I really credit a lot of my, my love for the game to those days. So yeah, hope that answers that. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so after, after you were on that team, I'm assuming that was uh Hicks correct? Yeah, so that was Hixus. Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, a, a paintball nights uh, thing. So, so yeah, yeah. Uh, so, how do we get from Hixus back in you know when you're 15, 16 to today? Yeah. So, was you know, tell me about did you like take a break in between or what? What happened in those in between years? Yeah. So basically, at um, 2006, we began playing um, a lot of tournaments and spending a lot of time playing tournaments and. Going into 2007, we began playing PSP events, D2. Um, I'm actually lucky that I just spoke with a teammate recently about kind of our status at those events. It turns out maybe we didn't do as bad as I thought. On paper, it looks pretty bad, but maybe we had some pretty close games and points there. You got to remember, we're playing a lot. We're sending, you know, 10, 12 guys up to an event, playing, you know, these long halves. 
and uh, spending ridiculous amounts of money, money that we would, would not have had if it hadn't been for these sponsors. You know, we had CP, we had a couple of other ones, Empire, were really doing a great job at that time of, of funding, um, as well as Alex and X Factor and Paintball Knights and stuff. So um, as far as making the jump, at that time period, a lot of money was being spent, a lot of time, and I was just going into high school. So the transition from going into high school really led me to kind of at a crossroads between continuing paintball or, you know, focusing on other things, girls, football, just whatever it be. And uh, I did choose that path. And at the time, it felt like that's what was right. It took about 10 years off. And um, yeah, getting back into it, I had gotten overweight, out of shape, was kind of, you know, feeling pretty low about all that, was drinking heavily. And um, I really made a commitment to stop doing that. I lost about 60 pounds um, in preparation, I, or just not preparation for, but around that time, there was a bachelor party for a family member. And uh, they wanted to go play paintball. And I found myself on a Facebook marketplace buying a $200 Axe tank and hopper and still use that tank today and uh, went with it. And man, I, I was I was right back in it. And so that was the first week. And I remember we were out there playing a uh, rec ball because it was, you know, with the guys for this for this uh, bachelor party. And, you know, I say, hey, man, I got to I got to go over there to the uh, to that speedball field. You want to come with me? No, 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 we don't want to go. We don't want to go. OK, I'll be right back. Just one game. And there I am. I see this opening in the middle and I just I take it and I run down and I I tap this kid on the shoulder not to be mean. I say, hey, man, you're out. And next thing I know, these guys are coming. Man, we haven't seen anyone do that in a long time. That's really cool. That's really cool. And I'm thinking, man, like that spark is it's lit. And I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't know, like, you know, how to help control myself from not going all in when I decide to do something. So, yeah, that was kind of the journey back into it. And that was in uh, 2019, the very, very end. And actually right after USXBL at X Factor, I believe, or one of the USXBLs. So it may actually have been the fourth. Cool. So yeah. you got that spark in and then uh, pretty soon yeah. after would have been uh, kind of leading into our next question, which is the origin story of the Titan. So I know that that pretty much just takes us right right there. Yeah. So um, that was the end of 2019. Um, and what basically occurred was I went to the field and the field was, I'm not going to say dead, but obviously after tournaments, at least at X Factor back then, two, three years ago, after a tournament, there was definitely like a week or two where the scene was not lively. And there would only be a couple people there recovering from finances, having played the event. That's all like a very real thing. So there I am really for my first weekend out and I'm seeing like no one. And I'm like, whoa, what is going on here? This is not how I remember it. When I was a kid, there was a plethora of teams. I mean, there's at least a dozen every weekend and they're competing at high levels. Um, you know, some people could argue that they were competing, um, you know, even in some ways more intensely than we do today. But regardless of the fact, it just didn't seem the same. And so I was content with just being part of the scene. I was brand new into it. I'm not trying to make waves, but I, I wanted to see what was going on. So I found myself trying out for Notorious FSU, um, didn't make the cut. And from that, I was kind of left in a point where I'm really not sure what to do. And I actually remember right around that same time period, I'm looking at Shut Up, We're Trying uh, tryout posters. And I'm thinking to myself, OK, what what is this four hour trip there and back look like realistically for me to be able to do? Like, I, I am the guy who goes all in when I go all in. And, uh, you know, it was something I was at least thinking about. So I decided not to. And I had just met Mike from Ruthless. 
we decided to make um, that happen. Uh, Mike was an outstanding guy, really uh, grateful for him to have brought me in the way he did because it was fast, it was quick, and it was it was 110%. And um, I really enjoyed being with those guys. Um, what was actually funny was I joined the team, and actually the first practice I joined the team, the team disbanded. And there was, mm. or whatever the case is, internal anarchy, whatever you want to call it, the team had uh, a falling out. And so the structure of that team for whatever reason, may have changed, may have shifted slightly. But now I'm on this team and we go out to Vegas. We actually win my first tournament back, which was a Vegas D5 five-man event. A lot of fun. I actually played against the TOG guys, which were great guys and uh, great competitors. And it re- and honestly, it really opened up my eyes to the Texas paintball scene when you go outside of Texas and you're playing nationally. So uh, that was good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we're playing these events. Um, and I come back from that. And this is a highlight of my uh paintball career because this is a national event i just won my first national event first event back and uh now i'm kind of left in this place where i want to continue playing and i and i've got a fire again a, a true fire and um unfortunately it felt like at that time given whatever had happened previously with the ruthless line falling apart or, or around that time with the ruthless line falling apart those tournaments weren't seeming to make as much sense and people weren't able to get their resources and whatever the case is together at the time so well, not, not to mention, you know, that's right when the COVID shutdown happened as well. Exactly. So there was a whole lot of things going on and, and that all added up and that all became kind of like a compiling issue where what I ended up doing was jumping from one team to the next, guesting, guesting, guesting. And, and that's kind of where you kind of came into the picture was right around that time period was I had met you at the field. We had introduced ourselves to each other a couple of times. Um, I believe you had invited me at that point to a I-35 All-Stars tournament. And so we began um, playing a couple of those. I played a couple with um, another, you know, a couple pickup tournaments, like where we just threw together people. Actually won a few of them. Uh, one up one, one up there at Fun on the Run. It was a seven-man uh, throw-in with two pros. A lot of fun, I remember. And I know uh, um Colt probably remembers me being all excited about the win and he'd be like, what, what, why are you so excited, dude? There's, there's no prizes here. And I'm thinking, what, what's going on? See, I'm not one to look at the details like that. I, I play to compete. I love to compete. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I just remember thinking like, you know, like very specifically that I would rather, I'd rather lose with guys I played with and practiced with all the time. And I say this all the time, I'd rather lose and practice with these guys. I mean, I'd rather, practice and lose with these guys that I play with all the time that win with strangers and that there's something about that, that is more than just fulfilling, but it really sets you up for success in the future. And um, yeah. So with that mindset um, coming out of um, USXBL number four, having had one, two events and then got in, I think it was like dead last or second to last. With the I-35 it was All-Stars. pretty bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what was crazy too, is we're talking about a team of literally like some of the best, biggest names in Texas mm. coming together, playing on that team and, and really ballers. I mean, truly ballers, like guys who even today, like when I think of my short list of who to call up, like they're, they're on there on that list. So yeah, I just, it was something about that feeling of like, you can have the best guys in the world, but if they don't click and they don't mesh, they're not playing together on a regular basis. It doesn't necessarily account for as much. So yeah, with that mindset, I, uh, I set out to start the Titans. Yeah. And that, uh, it's funny that you bring up the I-35 All-Stars, you know, that very first event, it was literally just like, Hey, I know a bunch of really talented people in this region that, you know, they're yeah. all kind of segmented. 
Uh, yeah. And that's that's what uh, San Antonio, Austin, uh, and the Valley scene was kind of like at that time. You know, really, uh, besides Notorious's core, um, you know, Ruthless was coming in and out. The Dragoons were just starting their rebuild. Yeah, they were. Um, and then, you know, the, Austin, the ATX Kings had just fallen apart as well. And, yeah, same thing with Austin Evolution. So, really, you had a whole lot of really talented players in, you know, from those separate scenes, but nobody really had a home to go to. Uh, yep. So, that I-35 All-Stars team, which the, the original one, um, uh, you know, even before that tournament that we won in Houston, uh, was just like a throw-together three-man team that I had uh, made back when X factor was doing their three man series back in 2017 or 2018. Um, so that, that, uh, concept for me personally, when I started, it was, Hey, we're going to prove that, you know, talent from the Austin area and from the San Antonio area can win events. Cause at that point in time, it was really just like fit.com and shut up. We're trying and TOG, like all of these fit teams, were just dominating everything and San Antonio and Austin didn't really have an answer. So yeah, I would add, like, I don't know if I know the question was more so how did I get to the point, but as far as why did I actually do it, you nailed it on the head. So like here I am after having a year of playing, I have a decent understanding after a full year of like, who's what the shut up guys are absolutely killing it. I'm looking at their track record. Um, I'm looking at TOG, looking at paintball fit. I'm looking at Notorious. I'm looking at these four lines as being like the powerhouses of Texas. And I'm saying to myself, once again, I'm looking back at kind of my my history and I'm saying, it's a shame that San Antonio doesn't have this. That used to be the place where, you know, kind of just the feeder mentality was really set forth. And I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to say it would piss me off, but having not made FSU then put me in the position where, you know, Ruthless didn't work out. And now I'm just kind of like, crap. Like what's what's here? And I'm looking at you know the paintball field on some Sundays, and I'm saying you know this is not it. Like this is not going to make it, and this is going to be dead in you know the next couple of years. So yeah, there was a huge motivation. Um, not only had the fire been lit to play paintball again, but it was now lit to continue some traditions that I felt were you know important out here in the San Antonio area. So yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, it's worked out really well. It's, it's exactly what the the local scene needed. And now you're seeing like huge amount of D five and D four teams coming out of San Antonio every year. Like just within the last two years, I can name like probably 10 organizations that have, that have come up like, you know, besides the Dragoons continuing with their rebuild, which has been really successful this year, I'd say, uh, with both of their finals appearances, you've got, uh, the rapids SA shakedown, um, pressure like all of these other uh teams that are just coming out of the woodwork and they're really um yeah Bush it's nice rookies, to see reapers yeah you got a lot of them these guys are coming out and they're coming strong and uh you know normally i'd like to say like they're you know like we don't have that big of an influence on all this thing but we do and i know we do and uh and i'm grateful that we have an influence and we get to see it all the time guys coming up and asking us questions asking us you know, similar, you know, I kind of look to the AC program in terms of what is it that they did to create the structure that other people would want it to adopt. And to me, that was kind of a core theme of like what we were going to do. And so there were some things that I just thought, strategically speaking, we could do differently and perhaps a little bit more cut and dry and maybe make it a little more simplified for beginners and for people kind of going into the scene. 
I feel like we've done an excellent job of that. And so the next step, um, something that me and Colt have kind of been speaking about is maybe adding a little bit more of a football, you know, play calling structure to that. And that's something mm -hmm. in 2023 we may be playing around with some. But the whole point is to do things in a way that don't offset, um, you know, what people are familiar with, but also, you know, continue to improve and put people that are around us in a situation where they can improve as well. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so with that original, like, um, I guess the I-35 team, like that we got like second to last, I think it was like, we just got destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we got destroyed, but, man. But <laughs> like, that was a very important event at the same time because we kind of connected with a lot of individuals that are now core members Absolutely. of the Titans. Like we obviously, Absolutely. you know, you, you and me had already connected from that event in Houston. We had, uh, Paul Hubert, uh, Renee, Cade, um, Phil Kong was there as well. And Jared Sherman, yep. Uh, we were in Houston, but then when we went to uh, that event at Fit, we connected with uh, we picked up Leo and we had Ryan Connors as well, which you know really, yeah, that right there was the true origin story. So um, getting into the start yeah. or like end of 2020, start of 2021, when you first had this idea of the Titans, like did you have an immediate idea of like specific players that you wanted to be a part of the team or was it more like about the overall concept of creating this program from the San Antonio and Austin area? Yeah. So starting in 2020, actually right after that event, literally the drive home from that event is when I said the whole thing about wanting to play with guys, lose with guys I played with all the time versus win with strangers. That was literally like when I sat there and looked at Ryan, who I just met and kind of said this, Ryan turned out to be like a very like-minded individual who really understood structuring of tournament paintball. And, and I really respected right out the gate. I also was very hesitant on the ride up there. I was looking at this tall linky dude. I'm like, man, this guy, you know, let's see how, how small he gets. He's telling me he can play mid and front, but he really did. He did great. And, uh, and Leo, you know, I had actually played that first tournament back in paintball in Vegas with Leo. So I trusted Leo. I was very excited. So as far as individuals, yeah, I mean, there was a few yourself, him, Leo, um, and then there was a couple of others, you know, I was at the time, maybe a little naive as to what all we could do as far as big names out the gate. But what I was very committed to was this idea that that wasn't going to stop me, that we what, what we would do was we would do as best as we could as far as getting names and that I would basically sell the dream and the system to as many local San Antonio and Austin nights as I could. And the truth is I was playing really well paintball, like really good, like at the time. And I think people wanted a chance to play with me and kind of like have that structure because I was offering it. So those two things, I mean, like, I, I think that if I had been like maybe a not so great player, I wouldn't have been able to attract as many people as we did. Because that first tryout, I think we had a little around 40 people show up and it was intense. I mean, it was like, wow, this is happening. The people need it and we're going to make it happen. So yeah, it went off. Yeah. I mean that, I remember that first tryout being just a lot of people there. And I think, you know, kind of going back to the situation about the, like the, the scene at the time where so many teams had just broken up a lot of players looking for new homes that probably, yep. you know, was a perfect, uh, you know, flashpoint for the Titans yeah. to start. Uh, so helps. when the Titans did, uh, start at the beginning of 21, it out of the gate, uh, appeared with three team programs. So a division, uh, premier line division four and division five line. So, um, 
Yeah, how, a lot. <laughs> so ob- obviously, you know, you had a lot of people show up to the tryout, uh, which sure. is yeah. probably how you were initially able to get this program uh, so big so quickly. But what steps did you take or did the organization take to make sure it's stabilized and it didn't just crumble right away? So this is actually where it gets tricky, because at the end of the day, decisions and and, you know, had to be made as far as like who was going to go where and like who actually could play what, who could afford what logistically speaking. And then this whole system behind the scenes had to be created too, right? Like how do we organize practices? How do we go about telling players what they're expected to do? And how do I discipline them when they don't do it? Because at the end of the day, there's just too many people. And I had watched teams kind of, I don't want to say fall apart because there wasn't structure, but I feel like it's safe to say like, that's what it was. And I knew that that's what people wanted. And I've been on teams. I've been on, you know, successful football teams or at least successful programs. I was not personally on a very successful football team, but I was part of a program that was. And I'd seen that structure and I'd seen how that alone was something that was very valuable to myself and it was valuable to the others around. So, yeah, I mean, the truth is like in my day-to-day work, I do a lot of uh, management type stuff. And so I, I am very familiar with like organizing um, both people and like logistics. And so it's something I felt fairly comfortable doing, but in practice, it was a lot more difficult and there was a lot more of a human element to it. And, you know, you just, it's not like work. I mean, work, people are expected to show up and do things and you know, they're getting paid. So they will. And paintball is not like that. I mean, they're paying money and they're doing things on their own dime and time. And you got to respect that. And you got to kind of play it off a little bit differently. So finding people who are truly committed to make the moves that I wanted to make was priority number one, because the line that I'm on and the line that we're moving up first, if you will, are the fastest, if you will, is the one that I wanted to take priority. Cause that's kind of the North star of, of the Titans, if you will. And then everything below that, I really wanted to set up, not just a feeder team, not just a program for guys to get better, but really a lifeline for that larger team to continue into the future, knowing that people were going to, have life events and money events and potentially be scouted out. Um, you know, all those things, you know, God forbid that we don't want to have happen or that, you know, we want to keep people around. It's just life. And so to create a program and to create that structure was really, it was top of mind. So right off the bat, um, one of the first things I did was I kind of assembled what I called the board and I put who I thought to be sort of the most thoughtful minds which is a nice way of putting it because these are also the most opinionated minds. These were the cooks of the kitchen. Some teams will say, hey, we got a lot of cooks in the kitchen. My solution to that was to bring them on as a board and have those discussions internally as a board so that we could figure out the majority of the things we needed to before we presented those to the guys and turn situations into kind of a debacle. And so by doing that, that really helped. And the next step to that was to assign captains once people kind of prove themselves to not just myself, uh, but to their peers, um, we would assign captains to lines. And now with kind of the board and the captains, maybe you got these seven guys that kind of make the new board. And we were able to really organize things very well and um, discuss things. And I remember that first year having a lot of board meetings. I know you were a part of all. Of them, mm. And uh, we had a lot of them. And, you know, it was not easy. It was not just, a, you know, flip of the switch and we're on and we're playing paintball as a team. And, it wasn't. In fact, I would say it's taken two years up until this last event 
for me to feel like, okay, this system that we have is pretty rock solid. Like, like now we, you know it. I mean, we send a single sheet to the guys with every single possible inf piece of information that they would need. Um, we update the guys with their calls the day of. I mean, I'm not going to say it's it's well oiled because there's still mm -hmm. things to fix, but uh, it's a system. So. For sure, uh, definitely a lot of growing pains. Uh, the first, probably oh, yeah. up till now, honestly. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah. As uh, far with, as goal setting, oh, go ahead. Yeah, with an organization as big as we have now, like we started out with over 20 players uh, across three lines. And whenever you have an organization oh, yeah. that big, and now it's probably what closer to 30. Um, oh, yeah, I think across, it's 34. Yeah, across, I think, four lines now. Uh, so, sort of, yeah. yeah, yeah, four lines. Like, whenever you have an organization that big, you definitely need that solid support structure. Like, you, like, you know, as awesome of a like kind of baseline that you've set, that's just way too much for one person to handle. So <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Yeah. So day to day, like I I know how to uh, to manage people, but I also know it's just as important to uh, uh, delegate, and uh, that's something I'm pretty good at. I'm also pretty good at knowing when to reel back that control and kind of push it forward. And so I've done a really good job, in my opinion, of getting people in a position where they are comfortable leading and being on the board and being a captain, but they're not overwhelmed. And I think that's important because they're players too, and they're here to have fun and they're not necessarily here to pull teeth. So I just wanted to add too, as far as like goal setting goes, you know, um, in the beginning, you know, people would ask me like, especially that first like six months, like what's the goal? What's the goal of the team? Like everyone wants to just hear you say, we're going pro, we're going pro. <laughs> that's like, everyone wants to hear that. I literally remember saying multiple times, let's just make it through year two. Let's just make it through year two. Because in my mind, just from having done businesses and helping that stuff, I know that there's this kind of mark for year two as being like, we just made it through the ground, through the threshold. And year three and four is kind of like, we've made it as, you know, like a solid structure, a program. This isn't necessarily going anywhere unless we want it to. Um, I mean, going away unless we want it to. And then everything beyond that is kind of, you know, sign me up for the books and kind of like, you know, paint the pictures to what we'd like to do. And uh, the guys all know, like, you know, going into year three, we're going to have a big meeting uh, with the Titans organization to talk about the program's future, to talk about dates and put some some serious goals on the board uh, now that we've made it into year three. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, first two years have, uh, I'd say, been a success. I mean, we've we're just about closing out year two and look where we are now. Like we've got two series titles. We've got uh, a team moving up into D three, having, you know, rank up purely on the success in Points. division four. Yep. Exactly. So, um, so kind of moving forward, like after that, you know, first couple of months of structure <clears throat> and putting the team together. So right away, the Texas Titans, uh, in their first events made their name known. So they got two first places in their first two events. So one was in D five at the HTPS series and the other was in D four, five man at NXL Dallas. Yeah. So uh, what, in your opinion, did the Titans do right to prepare during that first off season? Or do you think it was just like, Hey, we just happened to pick a really good group of guys that happened to mesh together really quickly. So for that first HTPS event um, that actually we, we pretty much got the team together and within, if I remember correctly, like two, three weeks max, like that event was already there. And that was a lot more so just like 
throw them to the wolves, test it out. Like we knew that we had brought in some guys that were capable of doing the job. Uh, we threw, uh, you know, an ex Texas storm player. No, that's a joke. Uh, we, threw, <laughs> we, threw, we threw Joseph Berg's a guy who was, you know, kind of their anchor player who the joke is that at the time the guys were messaging and made a comment about him being a Texas storm player, which is not true. And uh, the announcers like really latched onto it and just kept saying it over and over again. And here's this guy pulling off at, next thing you know, like a three on one. And it just, it clicked. It was like, oh gosh, like they actually believe that he may have played. And and so, yeah, I think that that just went well, but I think it was more so the luck of the draw for those guys, to be honest. Um, and then as far as going into NXL Dallas, that was time and prep put into that event. And we actually didn't even have jerseys yet. We played that event all wearing pro jerseys. That's where Christian left the uh, Power Ranger suit behind and began this yes. uh-huh. swag journey using a uh, diesel I don't. I don't remember who gave you the jersey. It was. Uh, it was thankful. my old teammate Nathan Roberts from. Yes. Uh, Nathan, from we've all been very thankful. Uh, the powerhouse jersey has been. Uh, Power Rangers jersey has been put up. But it, it looks good, and, and and honestly, man, like we've all really enjoyed playing together. And so we got into that first event with big eyes, knowing that this could be like any team that starts off a make or break event for us, as far as finding who could really be, you know just who who has the grind in them to to make it even if we didn't win mm. we did win so next thing you know it's like man we're starting off in in a, in a way that i almost don't even know how to prepare for because it's like you almost prepare for the worst and then hope for the best and here we are it's like the stars aligned and so we won it it just felt really good and it felt like okay we're doing something right and then yeah then we began having another you know a couple more events i don't remember the timeline exactly but I know that that was a very successful year for us. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So going uh, right after that NXL event where, you know, we just won first, first right out the gate. Um, we went into the first USXBL event of that year and we turned a lot of heads because we were able to get uh, X Factor coach Ryan Brand to oh, yeah. coach all three of the Texas Titan lines. So how big was having Ryan Brand uh, at that first event? So. I would I would say that Ryan did exactly what we were trying to do on the back end as far as like logistically speaking and managing that many players and that many lines. He did that for us um, on the front end on learning play calls and learning how to break down a field and kind of giving us a process and a format to go about doing all that. And so, yeah, I mean, it was awesome to have Ryan there. He didn't necessarily know who we were as individuals. He understood somewhat what we were capable of, and he really pushed all of us to do things that we were maybe uncomfortable doing. It's actually, it's it's honestly, it's one of the things I think about the most in terms of like when I'm out there and I'm calling shots, it's like, I don't, I feel like sometimes I believe in the guys more than maybe even they do in the moment. And I think that's really important. And I think it's really, you know, it's, it's a lesson Ryan almost instilled in one single event, which was, you can do this. Like I'm telling you to do it. And even if you can't do it, we're testing something and we're looking at how something else plays out. So who cares? Like do it, <laughs> quit, quit, quit doubting yourself. Cause that just makes me doubt you further. And him just providing that structure to the actual game day um, process and, like I said, breakdown, all that was really important for us. And, and also it looked pretty badass because <laughs> there we were with oh, yeah. Ryan Brand and we were all pretty excited about that. It was the first event. We had just won those, um, that other event going into it and, and we did well. I believe it was Premier 
was a premiere that we were playing. I don't know. Um, premiere ended up getting third place at that event. And okay. uh, I, I remember that um, y'all were playing grit in the third place match and you ended up like beating them with yeah. this, this new team. So that, that was a huge that was thing, huge. but yeah, Ryan brand absolutely like set so much groundwork and we learned so much from him in that, uh, period of preparation, not just at the event, but the two weeks before as well. And we have carried forward a lot of what he did to basically how we do everything now, like yep. preparing for events, how to break down layouts, um, we learned scouting, which was probably yeah. like the biggest thing that I learned personally. I would, I would say so. Like having yeah. Ryan Brand uh, there definitely was like a key moment for the Titans program, I would say for sure. Yeah, I would say two things really came from that. The scout reports and then also when he had me write down people's positions in order of kind of primary to last. And mm. That way, when we could kind of go into it, he knew just by looking at the sheet, like who was up next in that position. So what that did for me was going into our events, it really allowed me to easily kind of categorize who was playing where. And and yeah, and, and I think another thing, you know, we're really big about, and this is something Ryan also kind of talked about, and I've, I've pushed this ever since really that tournament is not being typecasted. We really, really push our ones and our twos to play both sides of the field. And the moment someone starts typecasting themselves as a snake player, you'll hear me every practice, go on the D side, get over there, figure it out. Because at the end of the day, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for versatile weapons I can put at any point in time of the game where I need them because of who they are and their play style and their field awareness versus because that's where they're comfortable. So ultimately that's the goal. And Ryan, I would say definitely helped kind of push me to saying that that's the right method. For sure. Yeah. Ryan was just absolutely huge in that. And I mean, it's, sh it's showed since uh, I think we had a great mentor for our very first uh, event as a program. Uh, so uh, before we continue, I see we've got quite a few people watching live in the chat. So y'all welcome everyone. Um, if you have something that you'd like to ask Dylan, please be sure to get your questions in the chat and we'll uh -oh. get to them uh, towards <laughs> the end. I know Sasha, gotta... where's that book at? <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, continuing on. So since then, Dylan, uh, the Titans have had they've had numerous medals uh, come their way over the last two years. Uh, I've got I'm sure you have a bunch of them right there. I've got a bunch of them right there oh, yeah. uh, behind my computer monitor. I've got a whole bunch more that I have to hang up from this past couple of weekends. Um, oh, yeah. So it's probably going to be really difficult to pick. But what has been your favorite single moment for uh, either the Titan program or if you want to go by each line and have a like kind of favorite moment per line, then you can do yeah. that as well. If that makes it a little I bit easier. I think that's the most fair way to do it <laughs> because the truth is dude, like my heart. And oh, can you say that again? Line... Your mic kind of cut out a little bit there. Uh Oh, hopefully it's not going to begin. My heart and soul is really in this and mm -hmm. I really do enjoy every single person on this team's success individually speaking and as a line. And so there's so there's literally so many things I could point to as being great moments and defining moments. I would say that um, the Bunker Fest win was a big one for me because as a child, I was literally, I mean, I was 12 years old, 13 years old, and I was playing that event. And um, 
man, I thought I was a badass and I was, I was really doing good and whatnot, but we didn't do well. And I was very frustrated. And I remember leaving that thinking like, that was it. That was my chance to play bunker fest. And I missed it. And here I was the year I came back, the year I formed a team bunker fest is back on baby. And we just won it. And so for me, that was a huge moment. And it was a huge moment really for the Titans, because although that first win at NXL Dallas was a big deal, just the same thing I said for that first team that won, there was this, I don't want to say this doubt, but there was this moment of like, you know, like you just plan for the worst and you hope for the best. And I just thought maybe it just, it just, the stars aligned. I don't know. But that Bunker Fest win definitely felt like, okay, like this is, this is a thing. Like we're, we're doing something that is meaningful, not just for myself, but for the players around me. And then, um, so that would be for my line. I would say that was for my line, a big deal. Um, for the line below us, the D4, so we call them D4 Premier and D4 Local. The idea being that the local line is only playing the local event series. The Premier line is a little bit more of a traveling engaged team. Um, for the D4 Local line, particularly this year, I actually have to say this last event, although they didn't make it through even the prelims, we're looking at the future of the Titans program. And we're looking at the guys who are for D4 going to have, you know, they are going to have help from D3 players coming down and helping them out. And I see the potential. It's so clear. Those guys, they were in a very hard bracket this last time around. They beat a very good team. I know they can do it. And I'm very excited for that. As far as other events that they've played, there's been some highlight moments, but I would say as far as an event goes, um, just seeing the guys come together and working together prior gearing, helping each other get to the field, like logistics, like sometimes with that line, it feels like I'm a little bit more hands-on than I'd like to be. I'd like for them to take control. And uh, Riley Perez has done an excellent job as their captain in the last couple of months of really stepping up and being that guy for us. Um, so yeah, that's been awesome. And then for our D5 line, man, those guys have had a season, dude. And it's been really exciting to watch and just to be a part of it and be one of the main guys who's kind of there helping them along um obviously you've been their coach and we've put you in as their coach because again kind of going back to the whole delegating aspect i believe truly in my heart that if we've got the guys around us who are talented and smart enough and if everyone in texas hasn't already known this is the savant of the league this is the guy you call when you don't know what's going on in the rule books when he questions you in your refs about the rules, I'm standing behind him saying, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I just believe it. I know, I know he's read it a couple of times. He's got a couple mm -hmm. highlighter marks in those books. But uh, yeah, you know, we put you in as the coach and we wanted you, this was kind of your breakout year to really take charge. And, uh, you know, I've obviously kind of been there each step of the way, each tournament kind of shadowing and making sure that we're doing things according. But uh, it's been great to watch that and, and to watch their success. And obviously, um, I think the biggest moment for them was watching them win NXL Dallas this year. It was just a very exciting moment. I mean, it was a national tournament. And for a lot of those guys, you could see the tears in their eyes and just the fulfillment that it had caused. And I was just very excited for them. And then, um, and then we have our D5 five-man line, which is, you know, some would say maybe a practice squad. It's kind of the guys that we're shadowing leading into next year to be our D5 line. Obviously, they have some very big shoes to fill. Um, and so I always worry about like, okay, you know, like uh, these guys can be too stressed. Like, you know, this is a lot of stuff and they're on a big team and they're legitimately beginners. In a lot of cases, some of them only started this year. So 
let me just tell you, Texas, be on the watch because these guys are coming at it, and these guys have been prepping harder than anyone I've ever seen who's not getting a chance to play a lot of tournaments because we're essentially nurturing these guys' points. And, uh, yeah, I'm very confident that it's going to be a fun year next year for D5. And uh, I have a feeling like we could uh, pull a couple things out of our shoes and uh, hat, I mean, and uh, make it work for us. So, yeah, very excited. But I don't have a moment with them, per se. All that would be very individual-focused. I've mm. done drills where I'm getting shot in the face by a D5 guy who's only been playing for a year, and I'm thinking, damn it. <laughs> what do I do? How do I get? How do I continue to be the leader when this guy's shooting me in the face? <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, so. those, all of those moments, just there's so many to pick from. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would definitely f- agree with uh, the, the Bunker Fest win from last year for obvious <laughs> yeah. reasons. For obvious reasons, yeah. I was going to say, man. I just pull off one of those reasons. I know people have been requesting it, but we were know, all wondering. If, one right here. Yeah, we were all waiting for you to pick that up and put it up when you were talking to Bonner. Just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, dude. Honestly, yeah, that was a great, great event. And uh, Rangel, like, we definitely felt like he he put on a good event for us. Um, obviously, USXBL has been doing a great job too. Um, my number one complaint for both of those series is why are we doing all these tournaments in the middle of summer? Like, here I am about to mm-hmm. die. I'm out of shape, but I mean, like, come on, guys, let's rework the clock a little bit here. Yeah. Okay. I feel yeah. That. Yeah. I think <laughs> um, you know, just being being alongside these lines. Uh, for you know, last year I wasn't on the premier line. I was on the D4 local line. I feel like the yep. the best moment for that squad was probably winning that Houston event. Uh, oh right, yeah, yeah, right yeah, after Bunker I forgot Fest. about that. Yeah, that was huge win for those Sabi guys. And, oh, yeah, wow. Sabi Adon Adon became an absolute killer that event. Oh it, dude, it was so great to see. Um, for our that D5 was- guys, I mean, yeah, they won NXL, they won USXBL, um, but. I just always go back to there was one match in the second event at USXBL where they played a perfect match. 3-0 the other team yeah. didn't didn't drop the body, body the entire match. That's right. I like, forgot about that. I, dude, there's truly been with this D5 line so many opportunities for mm-hmm. me to say this and that. That's another one. Yeah, perfect paintball. And you hear us say it, especially you guys that listen to us going out on the field when we do our uh, five-man uh, huddle before mm-hmm. we walk out on the field. You'll hear me say it all the time. Uh, we're playing perfect paintball, and perfect paintball um, means playing together. And you'll hear that a lot. And that's oh, yeah. what those guys have been doing. Yeah, and I think uh, the best part was they did that perfect match, you know, in in spite of their D4 player on that line, just kind of dragging him down the whole time. He was doing their best <laughs> to throw. Uh, yeah, he was wearing yeah. pink the whole time. It was just awful, you know? Like, yeah. even with that guy, like, we, we put that guy on their line just to – you know, really test it was, them. It yeah. was like put putting the weights on, you know? It was actually, they were becoming more successful than we are. So we had to do what we could to throw a wrench. And Mike was uh, our, he was our key. Throw the game, Mike. <laughs> no, but he pulled <laughs> off like a three on one. I mean, the yeah. dude's a baller. Loved Mike so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just had to do that because he, he wouldn't shut up in the chat. He just says, oh, Mike, say that Mike winning his first D5 event was your most favorite okay. moment. I actually, I will say something too. So... I really do enjoy knowing the guys and getting to know like what it is they want to do, their career mm-hmm. goals, things like that. My whole thing with paintball is, yes, it's supposed to be fun, but it can only be fun when you're winning and when you're doing things consistently enough that people want to continue to show up and put their money into the organization. 
Mike came to me a long time ago and said, I never even played a D5 tournament. I got boistered into D4 real quickly. And I'll tell you, man, the moment he said that and the sincerity of his voice and saying it, I was immediately like, okay, we're going to get this guy a chance. And we, we did it. We got him out there. Uh, we almost got him out there twice, but he was kind enough to give it over to uh, Joseph Bergs, who, again, has been our uh, Texas Storm sandbagger for D5 events. And uh, that is a joke. But, uh, yeah, so glad we got Mike out there. Got yeah, the you win. Don't, you don't got a joke. We all know Bergs is a dirty sandbagger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, yeah. Uh, so one more thing I want to say about, like, favorite moments of uh, for each line. Like, our D5 uh, five-man line that is going to be our – uh, main D five line next year, like them getting a chance to play that third USXBL event. Most yes. of them, like it was their first, I, I think for pretty much ever. all of them, it was their first X ball event ever. Uh, yeah. After, right. after X-ball. coming off of making playoffs in Dallas. At in NXL, Dallas. And first event ever basically yeah. as a team. Yeah. So they made playoffs their first event ever as a team. They come into USXBL event three. It's not the start of the season. It's mid season mm-hmm. where a lot of these teams have been working hard and they make playoffs. In a very difficult you guys, region, like get ready for are, it. These guys it's are going to wreck everybody next year. And if you see my DMs, like we've got guys that want to join these dudes. Like they keep telling me, they're like, "Oh, we've lost guys. We lost guys." Trust the process. Like mm-hmm. we are going to make you guys stand out. But it's about doing it right. It's about not getting you know, putting the buggy before you know the horse before the buggy. So for sure. All right. So uh, this year you haven't just been busy, you know, with all the Titan stuff as much as that has been going on. But uh, lately you've also been busy operating and organizing the X Factor Paintball Series with Jesse Stevens. So can you tell us uh, more about the goals with that tournament series? Yeah. So um, basically one of the things that I got to like hats off to JD, like the way he runs uh, the tournament series that he has up there really is inspiring. Like. You've got such great community of people who are really interested and intrigued with playing all your events and making that their first event. And that's really awesome. And one thing that we want to reproduce in our area is something similar. We want to be able to bring people in from uh, the rec ball scene, from you know just the shadows who, who maybe are interested in the paintball scene, but they don't really know how to get involved. And we want to give them a place to do that. So... Last year, we actually did the first X-Factor Paintball Series event. I don't know if you remember that. I know Leo does. And um, we had a great time. It was a huge success. I think we did it on a Saturday evening. went all the way into the night. We had Alex Martinez show up, and he was smiling ear to ear. And um, I actually wasn't hugely involved in organizing that as much as I was really big and pushing for that. Um, So we pushed for that. We pushed for that. It happened. I'm not going to say it was the best organized event I'd ever been to. Um, some could even say it was not organized at all. I think we played like 14 games or something like that. I mean, it was intense, like intense. And so then um, me and Alex were speaking and I kind of explained to him like my background and, you know, I've done some event management stuff. And I just felt very comfortable putting together baseline information for people to kind of um, similar to what we did with the Titans, just like create a structure. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what me and Jesse kind of got to doing and uh, Jeff and, Todd from the park have been huge in getting us all of the things we need to make that happen. Um, Alex Martinez has been absolutely awesome in terms of letting us do this and, you know, really encouraging us. And uh, yeah, um, what we're doing is we're making this a street ball series so that basically anyone can play. You come on and you get assigned to a team um, and you play paintball and 
in this case, the, the series this year is what we're calling the Champions Series. So you have three events. You have It started off with a three-man event. The next event was a five-man. And after that's coming up this Sunday, will be a seven-man event. Uh, players who play all of these, they're all gaining points for each event they play. And um, the top 20 players by points, by series points, will be invited to the Champions Cup. And the Champions Cup will start off uh, 10 v 10. Uh, there will be a winner's bracket and a loser's bracket. And those brackets will then play 5v5. And then from the loser's bracket, um, the five who lose will go home. Those five that win will play one-on-ones until there's a winner. That winner will stand to the side. And the winner from the winner's bracket, the five guys, those five plus the winner from the loser's bracket will come together. And those six people will play one-on-ones until there's a final uh, first, second, and third winner. And those guys will take home some serious cash for individuals. Hopefully make a name for themselves, which is kind of the goal of the champion series. So I'm very excited for it. It's been a huge success. Um, when uh, we started it, one of the things that we were kind of worried about was like, okay, we're going to randomize these teams. What happens if teams end up stacked? And like, what are we going to do? And I got to tell you, there have been some teams where you're like, okay, I don't know. Like this looks a little stacked to me, but so far every team that's won has been extremely balanced and Wow, it's been like really cool to see. Like you've got like beginners who won the third, the the three man. You have a guy, a Titan, who's a beginner. You have uh, um, uh, Dane, who's a beginner, and uh, you had um, I'm forgetting who else it was uh, from IB. You're gonna kill me. Oh, uh, it was Brian. Brian. We had yeah. Brian, yeah, Brian and Brian. Man, he was killing it. But I mean, that was awesome just to see these guys who were rank on paper lower than a lot of the guys that were there win the event. And then the second event, obviously, you had a, a team led by Spooner win, and they were all equal across the board. And so, yeah, it's just been really awesome to see that this event series, um, A, can be possible, that we can do it, and B, um, the people are having fun. And then just to kind of plug it, although I'm sure you would give me an option to do it later, um, this seven-man event that's coming up this Sunday is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we just made the decision today to uh, go ahead and open it up to a semi-uncapped. So if I need to repeat that, that is semi-uncapped play will be available at the Seven Man this Sunday. So if you are interested in getting destroyed and or doing the destroying, I would say sign up because this is probably not going to happen very often. And uh, we're super excited to do that. We did increase the pod limit to four max. You can go out there with one, two pods. No one cares. It's a street ball event. Um, but you can have as many as four. So. Sweet. So how do people sign up? Yeah, so go to the X Factor Paintball Park page and uh, look for the uh, the link there. Um, if you are having trouble finding it for whatever reason, you can uh, reach out to myself, Jesse Stevens, or um, basically us or Jeff even. Uh, we can all give you that link. Um, but yeah, X Factor Paintball Park or even the Texas Titans page because I share it there as well. So yeah. Mm. Sweet. I should also point out, this is not actually benefit Texas Titans. This is something that I am doing on my own time because I feel that the Texas scene in San Antonio needs it. Obviously, we have a chance to scout good players, things like that. So I see that as kind of being like maybe my benefit, but I don't actually, I'm not making a penny. I've spent more money on this than I'll ever make. And yeah, so it's just a, it's a passion thing. Sweet. Awesome. Uh, so y'all. Again, that event is this Sunday. Uh, unfortunately, I will not be there. I know for the last one, uh, I was providing the live stream. I'm not going to be available for this one. Uh, my brother-in-law is actually expecting their very first baby this weekend. 
Uh, so I'm going to be basically on standby. I, I might still be there uh, to ref, but just not knowing if I could uh, stay there the entire event or not. Uh, so yeah, sign up, sign up uh, today so that you can get in on that seven man, especially that semi uncapped. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. And I should also point out too, uh, Colt's been uh, helping kind of be the main ref there. And that has also been like a huge thing because that actually gives the most legitimacy to the entire thing. We have done a very good job of pulling players from every team. It's not just Titans out there refing. Usually it's like two goons, two IB, two Titans, two others. And yeah, I'm just saying like, it's, it's been well ran and it's been very fair. So for sure. All right, Dylan. So uh, looking forward to the future uh, after world cup next month, the Titans will officially close two seasons together. So what can you tell everybody about the, what uh, the Titans have in store for year three? So either any tournament series we're going to be playing, uh, any new apparel that's going to be available like jerseys or anything like that, uh, any upcoming tryouts or anything at all. What can you tell us? Yeah. So it's a loaded question. <laughs> we have a lot of stuff planned and a lot of stuff to still review with the guys that are going to be kind of in the board for 2023. So we are going to be going through a board transition in the next couple of weeks uh, with that information. Like, I mean, with those new guys, a lot of that information is going to be decided upon. Uh, but there are some things I can say for sure. So as far as the D3 team, um, there's a more than likely chance that they will be competing in the Bunker Fest series um, in 2023. And that what we'll continue to do is have local lines playing in the USXBL series for those that can't afford to take three days off and mm. pay the amount of money that that costs to play a series like that. Um, the goal for me personally is to have a D4 line also play in the BunkerFest series so that we kind of have that representation on both levels. Um, and then obviously, like I said, we'll most likely have a D4 line in the USXBL and a D5 line in USXBL as well because it logistically makes the most sense. Um, those guys will also have opportunities to play in Excel events, most likely the Texas one. And just based on how we manage points, majority of them next year will have the chance to play as many of events as they want at their level. So that's a lot of fun, especially for like some of these guys that have been really waiting out this year. I mean, I think we all know, like we've got some guys that are extremely hungry. They kind of look at us with those like eyes of like, I want to get out there and play. And I'm just like, you can do whatever you want, but you know, we got plans for you. And if you follow the system, you know, things will pay out. So um, as far as um, what was the second part of that question? Yes, any uh, new uh, tryouts or anything like Equipment. that? Okay, yeah, so, new jerseys. So we are the Modelo team. Uh, whatever you guys are doing out there in Colorado to call yourselves the Modelo team, it is fake news. Okay. We are the team. Anyways, with that said, we have Modelo-themed jerseys planned for years to come. And so the goal is for next year, there's kind of that navy blue, royal blue, and gold and white. We plan on going with that. Uh, what I do plan on doing is making past jerseys available, so the tiger stripe and the black and whites to, uh, sale, to for sale, open to sell. Um, I know we've had some, a lot, actually, we've had a lot of interest in those. And I know people really like the classic look. So uh, excited for that. The teal, the ones that currently the Premier line wears, those will not be available. Uh, those guys will be able to put those in their closets and say that that's part of their Titans history and seal the book on that. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited for like the fits. I got a big hats off to a <clears throat> big hats off to a Michael Lundgren's uh, girlfriend and also to uh, Justin Deere for 
kind of between the two of those guys over the last two years, I would say like that theme really came to life. And I love it. Super classic. It's something that really represents what I feel like we are anyways. So, yeah. Um, and then, okay, last part. What was the last thing again? Tryouts. Tryouts. Okay, this is the big one. <laughs> I have messages galore. I have I have had a lot of people over the last year um, message me, say that they're interested in what we're doing. Um, it is truly an honor to know that we have as many people out there in the Texas paintball scene as interested as they are. Um, next year, things are going to get really serious. And, you know, unless you're playing on the D5 line where we are going to have a little flexibility, um, we expect our D4 and our D3 lines to really be playing with some major goals in mind for the future. And with that in mind, um, there will be opportunities opened for people across all lines in the sense that we are going to be looking to win and compete at the highest level. And what we won't do is we won't ignore opportunities that are available, but we also are going to make sure that the expectations are set and that they're clear. Right now, we have an extremely powerful and strong core. People will tell you across Texas that um, you know the guys that they play on basically any of the lines, they know that they're going to have to go and give us their best. Our real goal is to if anything, across the, all those lines in terms of tryouts, it would be to up the base level of what is expected in terms of athleticism, in terms of performance, and and really just, you know, yeah, because as far as teammates go and as far as how we all interact, it is awesome. I would say it's 10 out of 10. Like, you, there's no other team that's going to go hang out in their pits and walk off onto the field with the same vibe that we do. There's just, I've been on teams. I know it. It's just not happening. Like we are out there to have a good time because we put in so much time and work before we go out there to events and teams and people respect that. And they want to be a part of that. I'm very excited. As far as putting a date on it, all I can tell you is it'd be sometime the next two months, we'll have our introductory tryouts. And what that does is that's it to introduce you to us. And then what we usually like to do is we like to take the time period between that initial tryout to the second tryout to kind of court guest the people that want to be around see if it's a good fit and after that second tryouts obviously we'll see some new faces we'll kind of maybe go through that same phase assuming we need the position filled and uh yeah so it's all about finding people who uh are like-minded who fit in and uh yeah really have like a goal set especially going into this gear three that aligns with what we're trying to do so i can't put a date on it though sorry guys yeah, well, just uh, stay tuned. I mean, we're not quite in the off season yet. We still got yeah, another not quite event, there. so uh, stay tuned if you're looking for those opportunities. Uh, just you know, make sure you're keeping up to date with the uh, Texas Titans social media. So that's at uh, Texas underscore Titans PB on uh, Instagram, and then of course you know just Texas Titans on Facebook. Uh, yeah, just keep keep looking at those. All right, so uh, I'm gonna go back through the chat uh, now. We're we're gonna get through a few question was it a lively chat oh yeah i mean it's mostly just right. uh mostly just thomas trash talking to everybody else but you know um good okay let's well, see. So as long this as thomas is, is having fun <laughs> uh so taylor retra uh did ask uh why did titans stop playing premiere this year uh if you'd like i can answer that question uh yeah, go or, for it. yeah so really taylor the uh main thing was we were looking to also compete in d4 at, at nxl 
And the fact that Premier, the first two events, were counting uh, points for D3, we didn't want to run the risk of ranking up midseason and yep. uh, ruining our ability to compete in D4 in the NXL. Yeah. Also, we were very scared. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not at all. No, I mean, yeah. you, you nailed it. I mean, it's all about point management. Uh, you could say we learned it from the Franz himself. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I believe that if that's where paintball is going to be, if that's the kind of glass ceilings that they want to set here in Texas, mm. we're going to play the game. But uh, I don't agree with it. I've been fairly vocal about that. And my thoughts on what they've done to the Texas paintball scene as far as creating a glass ceiling at the D3 level. And I just, yeah. I think it's time to get through that. That's one of the reasons why the D3 Premier line will be focused on Bunkerfest because we see an opportunity to continue to move forward uh, beyond D3. So make that happen and we'll be back. Yep, for sure. Um, so continuing, Sasha asks, uh, how many Dragoons pods did we snag at USXBL and can, I, and can he have them back? Uh, well, not enough. First of all, I was going to say, yeah, probably not enough. At USXBL, probably not enough, yeah. But throughout our career, we have done a good job. I mean, I don't know exactly where our goon pod bag is and exactly how overflowing it is at the time, but um, I'm sure it's there somewhere. Someone's got it. But uh, yeah, I mean, we definitely have a bounty out for the pods, and I'm just kidding, Sasha, we don't. <laughs> but uh, we may we may or may not have uh, a rule about any of your players that want to come over to Titans. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, just... Protect your pods at all times. Leave, like, yeah, we don't we even got, bother marking them. We got some good players, but we got some master pod gamers out there. Believe me. We do. We do. Yeah. We look at two different types of players. Those who play on the field and those who run the pods. Mm. Um, so this next question right here is from Oscar on the Titans. Uh, he says that knowing that you played in the 2000s and recently coming back into the sport, what players do you look up to, whether it be old school players or newer <laughs> emerge pros? And how would you describe your play style? Oh, wow. Yeah. So the three guys I probably looked up to the most were um, Oliver Lang, because that was the clout guy. And that's who we were all shown every video of and taught about. And yeah, I mean, that was that was a, that was also the vibe, right? Like if you were playing paintball in that era, you kind of had this past sort of skateboarder surfer kind of vibe and you really wanted to make it with your boys. And that's kind of felt like what he was doing. Um, and then Chris Lasoya had a big influence in terms of what you could do on the field and kind of the difference between who you were on the field and who you were off. And I really respected that um, Thomas, the guy talking shit in the chat there, uh, me and him actually made a childhood trip to a infamous clinic where we got a chance to meet him. And uh, that was awesome. It was a great chance uh, for us to uh, just be around a legend and, and, and really get to see um, someone in action who we respected and as much as we were scared of. And uh, I actually remember Thomas was being looked at and they were very interested. And I was just like, man, why can't I be small and fast? And it was just really awesome. And it was really great to see that kind of opportunity come around. Um, for us at that time and at that age, just to be around the greats. And then I'd say the third, without a doubt, was Colt Roberts. Um, Colt was the guy from Texas who made it out and was playing pro, and he did it early. And we were all very, very well aware of who he was and what he was doing. And yeah, I just can't even, I wouldn't even begin to nail like it down exactly how excited I was. Like 
little girl giddy when Colt kind of approached us, or we I forget exactly how it happened. Those cards aligned to where Colt was really getting involved in the organization. Because as a kid, I would I would talk about Colt, and we would watch him, you know, whether we were watching um, ESPN2 or whatever, I forget what it was, but wherever paintball was coming up and he would be there as the Texas boy, I mean, that was, that was who we were interested in. And those three guys, um, you know, Colt, just kind of the opportunity he projected, uh, LaSoya for who he was on and off the field as far as uh, mean up the middle and in your face, and then Oliver Lang for the kind of his freestyle gameplay his uh, ability to really make moves happen on the field and his ability to really put pieces together quickly. Um, always respected how he went out with 10, 12 pods in the three minute point, didn't quit shooting and just made things happen. I love that. So I would say my play style was conducted a lot between those three. When I got back into paintball after a long break, I, uh, I definitely felt like there was a little bit of uh, a lack of middle play and maybe i was maybe i was just again a little naive to like what people had been doing i knew the wall had been set up and that kind of reduced the people's ability to play the middle for a while but i came in and that's where i felt at home and i started going to work and i think a lot of people um were kind of caught off guard in that first year of me coming back and seeing um me kind of freestyle up the middle blind zone midpoint um close games using blind zones and um, I'm a big dude. I mean, if you don't know that already, like I'm a big guy. And so for me to have that kind of the wits about me to do those things, I think stood out to a lot of people. So I've really stuck with that. And I love that style of game. And I love being a commanding voice in the field. And I love being a quarterback and someone who can put pieces together in my head while everything is going on around me. So, yeah, hope that answers it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. I'm looking for any other questions. Now, I gotta say, Sasha, out of all these questions, just the pods, man. I was waiting for the, <laughs> I was waiting for the playbook question. Where's the playbook, Dylan? <laughs> just kidding. All right. Uh, yeah, I think that that just about does it for our questions. But I do also, okay. you know, you were you were talking about uh, Colt Roberts and how huge it's been to have him uh, get involved more recently. Like Colt's been absolutely huge in starting uh, to help not only the Titans, but the San Antonio scene in general. Like he seems yes. to uh, recently have gotten really uh, vested in the local scene, making sure that like, Hey, it's yeah. not just going to be fit on the map. It's like mm -hmm. San Antonio needs to be a powerhouse. There's just so much talent yep. in the area. And um He's done a whole lot to really, you know, put his money where his mouth is. Uh, yeah. He's respect. been working with the Titans. He's been working with the Dragoons. Uh, he's been hosting his uh, paintball Kumite classes uh, just about once a month or so. I'm sure that's going to tick up more during the off season. Um, but he's been a huge supporter uh, also of the show personally. Like, um, yeah. So. Yeah, Colt Roberts, we can't thank you enough. Titans as a whole, uh, me personally, Dylan personally, like we just can't yep, thank you enough. Huge. We're uh, really excited uh, to get to you know have that opportunity to continue working with you as well. Yeah, I would say that is as far as the conversations go. Every single person on my line has said in order to make the next step, the next big step beyond really D three, you know, it requires a Colt or it requires a Ryan Brand or something to that caliber mm -hmm. of you know. IQ on the field, and uh, I don't know what the I don't know what the cards have for us, you know, in store for the future. But uh, 
you know, just having him here now puts a little bit more hope in the, you know, that come that time, there will at least be some structure. So love, love it. Love that Colt's done that for us and for the community. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one last question that just came up uh, from four different people. Okay, we get it, guys. Uh, so question, what is up with the gobbles? <laughs> so um, outlaw, suck it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, it has nothing to do with you guys. I have never even listened to you guys ever. Uh, no, we're over here, uh, head bopping a Hank Trill on the way up to Bunker Fest. I'm showing the guys what white boy rap's all about. And, uh, as we're, uh, doing propane money chants, and I'm going to explain to everyone why my last name's Strickland and we're making bank. Um, we hear the gobbles come on and the gobbles stuck. So next thing you know, we're Hank Trill fanboys and, uh, Leo was trying really hard to make the call Turkey a derogatory term. And I just turned that on his head and now it's the coolest thing you can be on the team. So suck it, Leo. Yeah. Any of you haters saying that we stole that from outlaw anodizing, uh, -uh. get out of here. You're not nothing to do. Literally nothing. Not that creative. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, so Dylan, uh, this is the question I ask everybody that comes on the show towards the end and it helps me, uh, not only like get the word out on all these uh, up and coming unknown people, but like also it just helps me like figure out who I'm going to get on the show next. So are there any Texas based teams, uh, players, brands, projects, anybody in Texas that have caught your attention lately? So uh, if the rest of Texas doesn't know about them yet, who do they need to know about? Yeah. So I think the first thing I want to say is, as far as who they don't know that they need to know, I would say the Texas Titans D5 five-man line. These guys are freaking hungry. They are talented and athletic. They are disciplined, and I'm very excited to see what the future is going to hold. Um, as far as people outside of our organization, um, I would say that there's a lot of things going on in the local scene that is very exciting as well regarding D5 and kind of beginner teams. Um, I know you've mentioned Kumite and what Colt's doing as far as helping local players really establish their skills. Um, That has been huge as well. I don't know that it's really as well known, even locally, as it should be. Um, I would say as far as things outside of our local scene, I've been very impressed with the Valley and what they're doing out there as far as their dedication to playing weekly and just making things happen and grinding. I've been very impressed with Houston scene as far as um, really producing a lot of killers, but more so how young they're able to get people started, whether that's with Splat Zone and my relationship with Oscar as being a great friend of mine and just getting to hear about that regularly. I know that that's going to be a big difference in the next couple of years in terms of the talent that they're turning out. Um, trying to think if there's any one in particular, you know, I can accept all the bribes I got for mentioning names, but I'm not going to mention any individual names. Um, I think that, uh, you know, yeah, I think that X Factor Paintball Series may be not well known. Um, Yeah, a couple of those things. So, Cool. So shout out to all the Houston uh, guys, especially Splat Zone. You know, Jay Bird, I had him on quite early on in the show. Um, Shout out to... All of those guys in the Valley working hard. Shout out to the local scene at X Factor and the X Factor paintball series, really giving them an opportunity to either, you know, dip their toes into it or uh, start to make a name for themselves. Like uh, 
hell, like Cruz Reynolds, for example, like 12 year old kid. I know he's already kind of on IBs. He's been getting into the tournament series, but like he had his own moment. Like he made a name for himself that day. Yeah, he did. That's awesome. I, I love, I will say too, like one of the things that like a lot of people kind of been getting on is like you hear on our team kind of a joke is like the team tied in concept is like, mm-hmm. when are we going to bring like just young guns in? And I don't know that we ever will, but I will say like, Cruz and like Dane and um, you know just like having this last weekend like you know obviously we have Shane on our team and we've got a new guy a new pickup Orlando who's going to be killing it uh, we've got some other guys that are young as well um, but then you've got other young guns like from these AC kids Ashton uh, Chase who we spent a lot of time with this last weekend thank you guys for helping us pod mm-hmm. um, you know it's just amazing the young talent coming out and for us to be able to continue to foster like that age group of talent is a big deal. I don't know that given our goals, how easy that would be to do at that age group. But I mean, it's definitely something that's in the back of my mind as far as continuing to support the program and, you know, just knowing that the longevity of the program requires us to have depth. So for sure. All right, cool. So, um, cool. cool. Yeah, Dylan, we're at the end of our show. Uh, yeah, know, great, great it. show together. Finally, uh, getting you on. Had to, <laughs> yeah, had to yeah. keep everybody waiting, but uh, yeah. hope it was worth it for everybody. So, Dylan, do you have any last shout outs or things you'd like to say before we sign off? Uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, Christian, we've all been super impressed with you doing the show. I think that it's really in the same spirit as Titans, which is to support the Texas paintball scene. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I'd like to, uh, you know, everyone on our team, I want you guys to know from the bottom of my heart how proud I am of every one of y'all. Thank you for making the commitment. It's not easy. I truly respect the time, effort, and the money that you guys put in. Uh, just none of that's lost on me. So uh, it's a good day to be a Titan, and uh, we're very excited about what the future has to hold. For sure, for sure. And because I'm always the one reminding Dylan and like all of our social media posts, don't forget our sponsors, Dylan. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, go ahead and shout those out. Obviously, everyone knows we're an X-Factor paintball team and we're very proud about that. Uh, they do uh, help us out a lot. Um, I really can't say enough good things. Our secondary field is Outlaw. The guys that we have on our team are split between San Antonio and Austin and Outlaw's been providing them excellent place to play locally for both drilling and then the occasional Sunday, um, as well as a place for us to go out and play against FSU and get some great looks. Um, then obviously we have JT Paintball, which this year has been a major sponsor for us and our gear package. Um, we have Ruthless Paintball Products, which has done an excellent job. Um, I mean, honestly, like the Ruthless Paintball Products thing, it's been a game changer. Um, we've been able to outfit our entire team multiple times over. Uh, we have our camo jerseys, we have our normal jerseys, we have, you know, the ones we currently wear. I mean, it's awesome. They've done an excellent job. Um, then you have uh, Pollos Asados, which is, yes. as y'all all may know, I'm a bigger boy, and Pollos Asados fits right into my itinerary. After practice, there's one place we're going. We already know. It's just a matter of who's going to go. And uh, we go eat ourselves some grilled chicken. Next time you guys are out there at a, a X Factor Paintball event, make sure that you put that on your map afterwards. I promise you, you won't. Uh, be mm-hmm. disappointed. Um, yeah, we've got a couple of others. Uh, I like uh, my my company. We help sponsor them, Social Slingshot. And then we also have Uno's Jerky, which uh, provides us with the meats. And uh, there's that like where I do my it's got the juice joke. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> anyways, 
yeah, I, I may be forgetting. Oh, and then uh, the biggest one as far as our outside partners looking in would be Kung Fu Saloon. Uh, that's a, a bar in uh, tech, in uh, Austin and San Antonio uh, that has basically just given us some money up front. And we've been super excited about that and continue looking forward to uh, what that has in store for the future. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um Shout out to all of our sponsors. Uh, Kung Fu Saloon is really a big supporter of uh, local amateur sports. And uh, we were really grateful that they uh, selected the Titans to support. Um, they were, yeah, great organization. As far as, yeah. as far as future sponsorships, we definitely have a couple of things going on in the works. And uh, uh, Niles did an excellent job of kind of outlining like what he believes to be like the process and plan for getting your team sponsored and and I know you, Christian, you've been very excited to hear all that information. And we have a lot of plans going into 2023 to make things happen. Um, I also would give a shout out to my buddy Thomas with FU Athletics. He's been uh, doing a great job of uh, sponsoring uh, people around the Texas scene and really keying, out, keying in on individuals who are doing great. So uh, hats off to you, Thomas. Great job. So, yeah. For sure. All right, y'all. So uh, that does it for our episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Be sure to go Can follow. over. Oh, oh no, yeah. no, we're, oh, we're yeah. good. We're good. <laughs> now this is this okay. is gonna be the episode everyone was waiting for. We're gonna deliver. All right, all right. Cool, cool, cool. cool. All so, right, boys. Everybody, make sure you go follow Dylan. That's at underscore dp strick underscore on Instagram. Also follow the Texas Titans at tx underscore titans on Instagram. Uh, yep. What other guests would you like to see on the show? Be sure to leave a comment down below if you're watching this on YouTube. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. Uh, the show goes live weekly here on twitch.tv slash in the pits paintball podcast and recordings are posted to YouTube, Amazon, Apple podcasts and Spotify the next day. Shout out to my partners and sponsors. Uh, FU athletics is also a partner and sponsor of this show. Uh, get that shot uh, provides a lot of uh, the thumbnail images that we use. Uh, paintball Kumite as always, Colt Roberts, and Compete, who oh. we are going through for the tech tees. What's up? I have to mention a Don Guerra at AFG Films. He's been filming us all year. The kid's killing it. He really has figured out how to get his turnaround times quickly. So the guys really love that. A Don, keep it up, man. We love it. AFG Films. Yeah, for sure. All right, y'all. Uh, also, one more uh, shout out. I actually am going to have a new partner coming on pretty soon uh her name is uh rachel grace moody on instagram uh she's gonna be uh actually providing some uh like kind of blog post style recaps of each episode just to give you like quick highlights and help to uh get you into the full episodes so uh rachel really excited uh to get you uh, on board and really uh looking forward to seeing what else we can do together in the future all right so y'all next week uh, we will see you for episode 18. We're going to have the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Rangel with Under Industries and also uh, uh, the owner of Bunker Fest. So next week is going to be another huge episode, y'all. So make sure you're setting your alarms next Wednesday at 730 live here on Twitch. So y'all, we will see you again uh, there. And uh, Dylan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. All right. Have a good night.